I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome in. Lake Kick is live. It is Thursday night in July, or July if you prefer to soften the J. Either way, it's the first of the month. 2021, year of our Lord, here we are. They said we couldn't make it to July. I don't know who they are, but someone probably said it out there. And we made it, and we got a jam-packed show. It's the last one before we cruise right on into Independence Day weekend. And we've got to talk about something that we've avoided a little while here. You know, I hadn't done a whole lot of NIL talk. And the main reason is because you don't care about it. You have told us emphatically in the viewership numbers. However, as is the case sometimes, we'll have to challenge ourselves around here. I think there is a way to talk about what happened today within the context that's going to interest a lot of you. You've probably heard, if you've been on Twitter, you've been listening to talk radio, you've been on message boards anywhere, you've probably heard people talking about how they think this is going to be the death knell or one of the many death knells. Everything's always dying, of, of course, in college football for the sport. I don't think it's going to be that way. There will be ups and downs. There are with any uh, set of changes. But I want to dive into that. Uh, we won't do it for 15 minutes, but we're going to do it in just a second. Recruiting wars in Florida are back. This is a good thing for all of us. It's even a good thing if you're a Florida State fan or a Miami fan. We are going to discuss, I have right here, you can't read it yet, but you hear it if you're listening on the podcast, a very juicy quote by Manny Diaz. I mean, very juicy. Like, picture an orange down there in South Florida, and you squeeze that thing. It's juicier than that. We will discuss. I'll share the full quote with you. Also, Notre Dame may have just struck gold. Is the pun in? Yeah, pun's intended. They may have struck gold with the new hire up there. Uh, Recruiting-wise and on-field-wise, all-encompassing. So it's a very fun Venn diagram if you're looking at the Notre Dame situation right now. And the transfer portal, it's not closed, but a certain date has lapsed that you needed to be in by. So we're going to call it closed for now, and we can start to do an inventory. And there were a few names, big names, that jumped in at the last minute that we need to discuss. So we're going to do all that. we got a really good show. Uh, the, the no offseason approach has been working very well around here. In fact, so well that I want to share some numbers with you very quickly. Uh, as you know, I sometimes, against the better judgment of management, share some numbers with you on here. I was looking at our metrics the other day, podcast, YouTube, all of it, VOD, and our numbers are up 15% month over month. But then they're up 25% two month over month. So I think about it. And it's June. June, on the college football calendar, most people just draw a skull and crossbones for the entire month of June. This is their off-season. But we have preached no off-season for a while now, and you guys followed through emphatically. And so in the time of year where your numbers are supposed to be dwindling and you're supposed to be taking a dip and everyone's on vacation, you guys may have been on vacation. You've been listening to the show and carrying the show with you everywhere you've gone and telling friends. So thank you for that. You know our marketing budget, our entire marketing budget can be found in this little thermos here. And as you can hear when I'm shaking it, there, there's no rattling. So you guys are on the marketing budget. Thank you so much. At Lake Kick Josh, Twitter, Instagram, we are about to pass some thresholds there. So I'm excited about that, but more excited to shut up and start the show. The NIL era has begun, and that's where we're going to start tonight, and I'm going to try and dress this up in a way that makes you care a little bit more than you normally do about these segments. 
So NIL cranked up as of 12.01 a.m. on the East Coast this morning. Everything's different, but I want to assure you, everything's okay. And you've seen me freak out on the show before, so if it wasn't okay, I'd let you know. Things are going to be okay. Now, some very, very quick observations that I saw today. I was one who was online at 12.01 a.m. on the East Coast, and I wanted to see the reaction. And as expected, I had a little intuition, but as expected, it was about 100 reporters for every one interested fan. And so you had a bunch of seagulls. It was like, go! And there was no one was there. It was just a bunch of reporters talking about it. But that's okay because it was interesting. And there's a market for this. But all these deals started getting announced, and everyone was talking about it. And so I observed that. Then this morning, when the light of day is shown on the NIL era, the first six to twelve hours of it, boy, there were some horrible straw man arguments out there, weren't there? I saw everything from. Well, these kids, we shouldn't let them do this. They're going to have to pay taxes on this stuff. Or my goodness, money could make someone selfish. Ugh, it was bad. It was really bad. They're gonna ha- I saw a question that was presented, not tongue-in-cheek, as a dead serious argument against NIL. And the argument was, um, what if they don't know how to pay taxes on this stuff? Well, I'm going to tell you what will happen. They'll get popped, just like you would. Whether you're 18 or 48, you'll get popped. And then what will happen is you will learn a lesson the hard way. Doesn't always have to be the hard way, but they'll learn the lesson the hard way. And they'll probably just go on living their life. So that takes care of that. That's no reason not to uh, push NIL forward. And the second one I wanted to address, I was doing a radio hit with Sean Fox, who has terrible movie takes, but, but really good college football mind, down in Louisiana earlier today. And we were talking about this whole concept of selfishness is going to creep in the locker room. And it's going to divide and it's going to, you know, one guy gets paid more than the other. It's going to be horrible. And it's basically all it is is real life. Essentially, that's what's going to happen. Real life is going to creep into a locker room. Let me spoil the ending for you here. If you've got good culture, then your culture is going to flourish. And if you've got poor culture, then this will absolutely tear you apart. Something else would have anyway. Maybe this is just the straw or the dollar bill that breaks the camel's back. Money as is the case in real life and will be the case in your local locker room, does not do anything other than turn the volume up to 11 or 12 on the character that already exists. So if you've got a really good culture, this is not what's going to fracture it. And if you've got a poor culture, it's going to fall apart regardless of what it is specifically that contributes to it. So no, I'm not worried about kids paying their taxes. And no, I'm not worried about whether this is going to tear apart locker rooms. And I certainly don't take the added 13 steps of saying, And that's why we shouldn't do it. If you just have some, well, in your mind, well-reasoned approach or logic-based approach, and you just philosophically don't believe in kids being paid while they're in college, I respect that argument a whole lot more than these. We can disagree, but at at least you got some sound principle in your argument. All right. Now, let me tell you why this is not a bad thing. It's not a horrible thing. There will be some ups and downs. There will be some bad that comes with this. But let me give you some pros, and then we'll move on. Pro number one. I want you to think about it this way. Director Colin and I were out in the, uh, what do we call this thing? A newsroom, I guess? Control room? Office? It's a ghost town is what it's been over the last year. We were out in the office about an hour ago, and we were listening to a segment we did on this show a year ago. And I was proud of it because sometimes we get it right. And I think we got this one right. What if this whole NIL era does far more to police self-behavior correction than coaches ever could? Think about what we have now. For the first time, we have players with actual skin in the game, as you and I would define skin, the kind of skin that folds and gets put in your back pocket. 
And now they finally have it, and they're responsible for it. And they're being paid in direct correlation to basic market principles as determined by their value. Well, you ain't worth nearly as much if you're not on the field because of disciplinary reasons. So I want you, who have been in the coaching profession out there before, I want you to think back. Or maybe you've dealt with a kid in a classroom, or maybe it's a parenting situation and you've dealt with a kid, and you just can't get through to them. There are some techniques I would suggest, but that's another show. You just can't get through to them. Well, let me tell you what has worked 100% of the time throughout history and will continue to work. When you've got money involved and you start getting into someone's pile of money, that's when you got their attention. And so it may be that your left guard, who you cannot get to stop eating himself out of a job to save his life, or your safety there, that will not meet curfew and you got to suspend him or else the other rest of the team revolts because you're not holding everyone to the same standard, you can't get them to fall in line. But now there's money. Now there's skin in the game. And now they realize there's an actual financial hit I take if I don't follow the letter of the law around here. It could very well be that this self-corrects a lot of behavior that coaches to this point throughout history have not been able to correct by holding playing time over your head. Because it could be, folks, I know this is hard to believe, it could be that people value money even more than playing time. It could be that they value money even more than their reputation. Is that good? Is that bad? I'll leave that to you to decide. I'm just saying, I think this could go a long way in policing behavior. Pro number two. This is the one we talked about at length a year ago, and I saw some people tossing this around today. NIL is creating a whole new avenue, like 15 avenues, as a matter of fact, for new blood to come into college football. I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about branding, and I'm talking about marketing dollars. So here's what college football is right now. It's a huge product, and a lot of brands out there want to be associated with it. But there are only so many shelves in the store. There are only so many games on TV, in other words. The SEC on CBS Game of the Week. I know you feel like they got about 4,700 ad breaks per show, but really, there is a limited amount of room there. And Aflac takes up a lot, and you got all across the spectrum of platforms, Dr. Pepper, and you got all kinds of major brands, the car companies, Ford, Toyota. Well, it used to be that if I were JP and Collins Supplement Company, I mean, we got a nice little market cap here, and we got six or $700,000 in our marketing budget, but we can't compete with Aflac. I mean, we don't have that kind of money to spend. And we want to be associated with the college football product, but we just we can't get on that shelf. Well, now there's a new avenue in. There's a new way that this is a fictitious company for now. JP and Collin Supplement Company, we're doing okay. We got, a couple of, we got a couple of branches. We're trying to branch out a little bit, but we can finally get in the game. We're just not doing it by buying an ad spot or buying naming rights to a quarter of the ABC Saturday Night Game of the Week or putting uh, branding inside stadiums. We're going to go and enter into some strategic partnerships with players who play in strategic markets that we're trying to target, and that's how we get in. And that's going to happen, not by the ones or twos, but by the dozens and dozens. New, new brands that wanted to kind of get themselves associated and get some rub off college football, they're at the table. Now, you may not think, if you're a Nebraska fan, that that means a hill of beans to you, but it really does. Because everyone uses this phrase, health of the sport, health of the sport, health of the sport. You guys think you're assisting in the health of the sport by extending that playoff, and I disagree. Well, I do agree, and we can all sing this in unison, that having more money come into the equation is not the worst of things. And there's another pro here. I saw our old buddy Shannon Terry mention this today. And uh, as is usually the case, when he talks money, I do agree with what he said. He said, 
Has anyone thought about what this is going to do to the financial literacy of your average college football player? One of the biggest gripes a lot of people in the business world and in academia have is when you go to play football at Auburn or you go to play football at Michigan State, well, that's what you're doing. You're playing football there. And you may be majoring in whatever you want to call yourself majoring in. You're there to play football. And you exit, as is the case with many football players, without a sound grasp of financial literacy and basic economic principles, and you're ill-equipped to go out into the real world. Now, that's not just a problem with athletes, but it is certainly exclamated with athletes relative to your normal student population. Well, now you're taking a crash course, even if you're not getting official class credit for it, in economics and also in entrepreneurship. It's a hard word. It always has been for me to say you're getting a crash course and you're learning some tough lessons that maybe you would have had to wait till age 25 or 26 to learn. You're learning them right now. So I think the new marketing blood at the table, I definitely think the self-policing of behavior that this brings, and I also think the financial and entrepreneurship literacy that you learn, these are pros. They're not being talked about nearly as much relative to the cons, but these are pros. Now, there is a con that I had tossed my way. Uh, One of you, I can't remember who did it, but in the late kick inbox, about uh, two or three hours before the show. And I read it and I agree. I was talking, uh, this is not what you said. I'm going to use this to tee up what you said. I was talking to someone the other day. I will not mention the name, but they were talking about correspondence they had had with a high profile assistant at a major university. And they said they had had a consultant, as many of these programs have had, they had a consultant come through. And that consultant is working in conjunction with that university to basically guide them through these treacherous NIL waters. And they gave them a list of the rough value per player on their roster. And they were shocked that the most valuable player on their roster was not a quarterback and was not a guy who had even started a game yet. And they said, it's because of the social following. And this is not rocket science. The more followers you have, you see on the screen right now, if you're watching, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the more followers you have on there, that's where the real traction is going to be. And so here's one of the potential cons. Now, Colin and I were kind of tossing around amongst ourselves, is this really a con or is this just something different? Well, I'll let you decide for yourself. So you tell me how you're going to interpret this. How do you grow your branding? How do you grow those numbers? Well, you get your name out there as often as you can, and you make your name matter as frequently and as long as you can. Let me tell you where the rubber is really going to meet the road on this before we move on. Recruiting, that's where. Now, again, this may not even be a con to you, but I would be shocked if we didn't see a new trend where kids push their recruitment deeper and deeper into the process to maximize headline space, to maximize traction and impressions, as we would call them in the business, thus growing their social accounts. And they probably get a lot more creative with the way they commit, too. Now, we had seen a trend away from that recently. With the new and early signing period, we had seen a disproportionate amount of the top-rated kids signing early. And so now this may be another correction to the recruiting market, and obviously we have a vested interest in that, seeing as how we are 24-7 sports. I don't know that we call that a con. I just think we're going to call that something very different that you need to keep an eye on. So I have a pretty good hunch that's where we're headed over the next few cycles. So those were my takeaways from NIL. I would be very interested to get your feedback on that because I guarantee you there's some pros and cons that I haven't even thought of that you guys have probably been thinking about the whole day. All right, let's move on to more football-related matters. I know it's July now, 
But recruiting's been so hot. We have finally entered a dead period again, and we were coming out of the most crazy month in the history of recruiting. And so coming off this entire wave of recruiting, Colin, here's your end point. Recruiting has been crazy the last month. I think we can all agree with that. And boy, we've had our eye on the sunshine state of Florida. We talk about it, I would say, about once every two or three months. I remind you that the state of Florida is where it's at. Now, you may say, well, duh, yeah, there's a lot of talent down there. I don't mean that. I mean the entire key to achieving this fabled balance that some of you are looking for every which way but Sunday. Expand the playoff this, NIL that. That's not what's buying what you want. People in Florida getting their act together. People in California getting their act together recruiting that is what balances the sport out because it makes Miami and Texas and USC and UCLA and FSU and Florida that much better in direct contrast to taking talent off the rosters of Ohio State and Clemson, Alabama. So we've been talking about that a lot. I'm not going to beat that dead horse. Well, we have a situation that you and I need to talk about. And the situation is, I think that the good old-fashioned recruiting war between the Canes and the Knowles is back. And I got the quote to prove it. Not yet. I'm going to give it to you in just a second. But do you remember, a lot of you do, I'm coming for you right now. This is the time, in case you were wondering. Uh, A lot of you have been making fun of me, bullying me, dare I say, over the past month, because about a month ago on this very program, I told you, you need to buy stock in FSU recruiting in some alternate universe where you can buy stock in recruiting. I told you, buy stock in FSU recruiting. And I was really just telling you I like what they're doing right now. Well, then some of you made fun of me because it was probably as ill-timed as I could have made the statement. They had a couple of decommits right after I said it. But I didn't back off of it. I just screenshotted a lot of what you said about me. And it lives right here in the eye, Josh, right now. But I'm not breaking it out yet for reasons I will state in a second. Well, all that's happened in the last month is six more verbal commits. They are number three in the country, are the Florida State Seminoles. They're number one in the ACC. And it feels good. It feels good. Feel a little vindicated right now, but I'm not off the hook. I will grant you that because I remember what was happening this time last year. We all remember. Colin remembers all too well. Uh, Tennessee was rolling, weren't they? Jeremy, do you remember Jeremy Pruitt? Jeremy Pruitt at once upon a time, believe it or not, was the head coach of Tennessee, and they were rolling, and they got all these verbal commits. Now, we were going into COVID, so they were trying to snatch up every verbal commit they could get. It was an interesting approach. I had Nick Saban on the show. I said, how come a lot of these programs are getting all these verbal commits and you aren't getting any? He said, we're not changing anything. <laughs> uh, they signed the highest rated class of all time at Alabama. So it turns out the Saban guy knew what he was talking about. Well, anyway, I remember, so I'm not going to get burned by just putting my stamp of approval and endorsement on a class that's rated three nationally July 1st. I get that we got to wait to December and then February. I understand all that. Okay. So I don't want to revisit that. And I don't want to have to go in the comment section and say 15 times, I know it's only July. Yes, I know it's only July. But I am high on the potential of this Florida State class. Manny Diaz has had some things to say about this. Now, you may ask yourself, why would Manny Diaz be talking about the Florida State recruiting class? Doesn't he have matters of his own to attend to at Miami? Yeah. But when asked about it, he's going to reply, as he should, as I would. So right now, to juxtapose where these classes are, again, let me lean in, in July... They have three commits at Miami. And so Manny Diaz was asked about this the other day, all the recruiting momentum in Tallahassee, and meanwhile, you're ranked 71st nationally. Whoa, boy. So Manny, these are some classic quotes. He says, we are not a high-pressure outfit. There's a lot of schools that kind of press the kids to try to commit and get some fake momentum because of that. That's fine. They can win the recruiting bake-off in the month of June because that's not signing day. We want to be authentic in our relationships. If a kid picks Miami, we want it to be for the right reasons. 
So uh, Colin is busy calling this T-shirt guy to get recruiting bake-off June champion T-shirts made, and I can't wait for those to come out. How great is that quote? How great is this in general? Sniping back and forth between Florida State and Miami in the month of June and July. I think it was one of the classic quotes of the I almost said the O word all season so far, uh, recruiting Bake Off. But what Manny Diaz is saying there, to, to skip past all the BS, and just what he's saying is, yeah, I don't care what we're ranked right now. I don't care what they're ranked right now. We're going heads up for a lot of kids. But we are taking a much more measured approach in the evaluation stage. Now, this is not an apples-to-apples situation. Florida State roster-wise is in a worse spot than Miami is. I don't think anyone's under the illusion otherwise. So it very well may be that at Florida State, they are taking a little bit different approach than they are at Miami. I would, if I was the head, if I was Mike Norvell, I'd be going at it a little bit differently right now, and my filter would be a little bit different than if I were Manny Diaz at Miami. Well, what Manny's saying is stop comparing us, and if you are trying to, you need to understand what he's saying, if you read between the lines, is there are kids we could take right now if we wanted to. We're not, because we're taking a different approach. We're taking a more measured approach. We don't have 100 spots to hand out. There's a very weird roster situation in play, and so we're trying to adhere to that. So shut up about recruiting rankings in July. Well, the very nature of people who follow recruiting is they're not shutting up any time of year, and I'm glad they don't. It lets us have a show, but it also requires some context. So Manny Diaz is sitting there right now, and he says, we may very well have the last laugh. And he may. He may at Miami. They may very well have the last laugh. But he said, unique twists and turns are coming. Those were the words of Manny Diaz. I, didn't, I couldn't show you the whole quote. Not because it was expletive laden. It was just very long. So Manny Diaz is probably right. There are probably some twists and turns coming. But the camps have already formed their talking points. You're looking at the national rankings right now on YouTube. Ohio State, Notre Dame, FSU, LSU, Georgia. Three of those are mainstays in the top five. Two are not. We're going to talk about the other one in a second. But Florida State's sitting there at number three right now. Still a long way to go. But the camps have formed. And the talking points are starkly contrasted. On one hand, you've got the anytime Florida State lands a kid, either they won't stick or, well, they didn't have committable offers from anywhere else. And that's always fun to listen to because no one, virtually no one who is running their mouth saying these things is privy to that information. And number two... The other camp says, there's a word for what Manny Diaz is doing right now. It's called excuse making. He's making excuses because they don't have momentum on the recruiting trail. Well, you know how we feel about momentum around here. Now, it does exist in recruiting, but the thing about it is, if you define momentum as just having a bunch of commitments, Miami could have momentum tomorrow if they wanted it. So what he's saying, it's going to take a while to figure out the validity of. Because Manny Diaz is telling you, essentially, we'll be there in the end. And we don't really care about what's happening right now. I like it selfishly because I don't have a dog in this fight, but I really, really hope the collective tide is raised in the state of Florida for reasons I have stated over and over again, even in this segment, and won't do it again. It is good for college football when the big three in Florida are recruiting as they should be. And that's all I have to say about that. Let's move on. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake Kits. 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You probably noticed, as we were showing you the rankings there, Notre Dame was there too. We're going to show you that again in just a second, but uh, let me just talk to you a little bit about this. Notre Dame is pretty hot right now, and I know a lot of us don't associate Notre Dame and hot, especially when it comes to recruiting. It's always a good solid effort, but you're never looking at them saying, boy, they're making some noise right now. Well, they had big news yesterday, really big news. 2023 five-star defensive lineman Brennan Vernon commits to Notre Dame. They just flat out beat Ohio State for an Ohio kid. The Buckeyes are going to be fine. Don't worry about that. But it was a really, really big get. And it's the 2022 class that I want to talk about. That kid's a 2023 kid. The 2022 class, as you just saw, is sitting there ranked number two in the country with 16 commits. So they already have the majority of the class, not signed, obviously, but verbally committed. Now, obviously, like Alabama's ranked below Rutgers right now. So Alabama hasn't even started to play this game yet. Uh, They will rapidly vault inside the top three, top two. And there are other big-time players that are going to make a move. But Notre Dame's not done yet either. But I want to talk about what they have done so far. I think we're witnessing a major happening in South Bend. And you're witnessing a major shift. Marcus Freeman's killing it. Marcus Freeman, for those of you who don't know this name or not familiar with this name, was at Cincinnati, defensive coordinator. And for all the world, remember this? It wasn't that long ago. It looked like he was going to LSU. Out with Bo Pelini, in with Marcus Freeman, massive upgrade. And then here comes Brian Kelly, pulling one of the biggest baller moves he's ever done, and he just plucks him like the old grab claw machine. And he says, no, Marcus, I think you need to work here. And Marcus Freeman agreed. And he is the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame right now. You may be thinking, big deal. They hadn't even played a game with him yet. No, they hadn't. So when I tell you he's already probably the most popular guy on campus, you might ask, what did he do? Hold a fundraiser? How, what's happening? I mean, has he contributed a million dollars to a local hospital? Uh, no, what he's doing is he's recruiting his tail off. And they are killing it. Notre Dame's killing it right now. So you knew about his coaching prowess. But at Notre Dame internally, they were, they were really, really excited about the coaching. That They were over the moon excited when they hired him about the recruiting potential. So he is the number four recruiter in the country for the class of 2022. He's got six commits, rated four stars or higher, that he is responsible for in this class. But it's a huge move for Brian Kelly. because so I want you to think about this. Notre Dame's a major program, don't get me wrong. But this is not exactly Alabama North, where Saban loses assistance every year, but you have learned to not even worry about it, because when he loses one, he just goes and finds a Jeremy Pruitt to be a defensive coordinator, or a Steve Sarkeesian to be an offensive coordinator. Well, that's not the way it's supposed to be. When you lose big-time coaching talent, it's supposed to be a little dip in production. You're supposed to have to pull yourself back up slowly. They lost Clark Lee. 
not to another D.C. position. They lost a head coach caliber defensive coordinator to Vanderbilt. And Clark Lee was a mainstay up there, really good coach. And so you think about it, and you say, Notre Dame, got to replace a really, really good D.C., probably going to struggle here. They may have upgraded without knocking Clark Lee one bit. They may have upgraded. That's hard to do. And so Brian Kelly has had a long and storied career now, but and we're not going to know this, obviously, fully for a year or two, but if all the coaching acumen follows up on just the profile of Marcus Freeman, and otherwise we just get what we expect from an on-field, game-day, game-week, X's and O's preparation-type standpoint, a developmental standpoint, and then you find out you've got an ace recruiter on that staff too, that's what we've always been talking about with Notre Dame. We've been talking about the fact that the worry is that man, if you're watching on YouTube, Brian Kelly has squeezed every ounce of current potential out of this team, which I believe he has. I believe he's done a phenomenal job coaching. I just believe they're ill-equipped to go up against the Clemsons of the world when at full strength or the Alabamas of the world. They just don't go horse for horse with them. Well, the only way to solve that is to get more horses and faster horses. And the way to do that, you recruit them. And so Notre Dame's going to, they're not going to load up in the transfer portal. That's not the way they go about it. But you can go out and change the game on the high school recruiting trail. And again, it's, it's very short so far, very small sample size, but they may be on their way to doing that. And it could be that two or three years down the road, you're watching Notre Dame in another playoff game and you're saying, wow, it's tied going into the fourth quarter against this team that used to skull drag them. How did this happen? Better players. It's not, again, it's not rocket science, better players. That's how you do it. This is really exciting. Really, keep an eye on this. Marcus Freeman is a name. Keep an eye on that this year and keep an eye on it twofold, on the field, but then on the recruiting trail too. I wanted to wrap up with this. I'm looking at that Manny Diaz quote again. June Bake Off. That's great. Has nothing to do with what we're about to close the show with. So let's finish with this. The transfer portal door, just boom. It closed finally, at least as it relates to being able to be eligible this year. What a time it's been. How many times have we talked about the transfer portal on here? You guys have scooped it up. It's been your favorite topic for us to talk about on the show, the entire post-spring cycle. And so now, much like the watertight doors down there in the Titanic, you had to fit through there at the very last minute or else you're out of luck. You're going to have to wait until next year for eligibility. And there were a few names that we need to talk about that got their foot through the door right before it slammed shut. And it's been kind of lost in all this NIL fuss. Everyone's been talking about NIL and the transfer portal. That's been the name of the game this entire stretch. And there were some big names here we need to discuss. So the first is Daryl Middleton. Now he was at Tennessee. So all these guys have entered the transfer portal as of the time of this show, which we're not recording. We're doing it live. I can prove it. It is uh, 728 Thursday night, July 1st. Sam Batesh has just texted me, even though he knows I'm on the air. So that's proof, even though I could have made all that up. Uh, Daryl Middleton has entered the transfer portal. All these guys have, as of time of show, they have not landed anywhere. Started 22 games the past two seasons. Every name I'm about to mention can be an immediate contributor at another Power 5 location. But this did not shock folks at Tennessee. In fact, I went and read, it was Patrick Brown over on Vols 24-7, and he echoed what like someone else had told me who was familiar with this. It was something that could best be described as a mutual parting of ways. It's just one of those new staffs in town. Here's the way we're going to do things. Well, I don't really like the way you're doing things. Okay, well, it's probably best if we just shake hands and we go our separate ways. That happens all the time when a new staff is in town. I think it's happened with Tennessee here. But the difference is 
this is not some guy who was buried on the depth chart or anything like that. Uh, this is not a guy you'll never hear from again. Well, it's the caliber of guy that can go somewhere and can be a force. So Daryl Middleton is one name to watch. He's on the defensive line. King Wakuta, this is one a little bit closer to me. That's an outside linebacker who has entered the transfer portal as of yesterday at Alabama. This is a kid I covered in high school down at Troop County. Saw him play many a game at Callaway Stadium there. Uh, they share that with LaGrange High School, which is irrelevant to the topic, but I just wanted to fill you in on my knowledge of local geography. This is a big name that you don't know because he hasn't started for Alabama, hadn't really been playing for him. It's just because they're too loaded. There was a name that transferred a few weeks back from Alabama to Texas, and his name was Keelan Robinson. And I told you at the time, that kid would start at running back for like 90% of the programs in America. He is excellent. There's no character concern. There's no ulterior reason other than loaded depth chart why he transferred. King Mokuta is this way too. King Mokuta is not a King Mokuta is not a guy they've had problems with. He's not constantly been in the doghouse. He's good. He's good on a roster full of great. And he's probably got a ceiling of greatness himself. He was a former high four-star guy. Wherever he goes, he's going to be one of the best linebackers that lands on that team. And I don't particularly care where it is he lands. He's going to fit that description. It's just that Alabama's linebacker room is so insanely loaded. It is what it is. And so this is another one of those situations that I would bet you my bottom dollar, the Alabama coaching staff is helping facilitate as much as they can because they know how good he is. He came in there, he worked, he did what he was supposed to, he did what he was asked to do, and just he's not good enough to start for him. There's no shame in that. Uh, there's shame in shying away from competition and being scared of it. There's no shame in competing and finding out, I don't quite measure up now. For all we know, King Mokuta could land somewhere, flourish with proper development, and end up being an all-American caliber player. I think Keelan Robinson has that kind of upside too at Texas. So keep an eye on that. And the third one, which probably got the most national attention, was Dare Rosenthal at LSU. There is a little bit of backstory here. It's not my place to tell it. I'm just telling you it's not a huge deal. Uh, so it's not anything that if he lands somewhere else, they're going to strike him of his eligibility. Um, it's just we got to wait and see what happens. But this is a starting left tackle in the SEC. So I want you to obviously think about the impact he could have somewhere. I mean, if he's good enough to start at left tackle for LSU – I don't think I need to sit here and sell you on our late kick scouting report of Dare Rosenthal. I feel like he's been there 14 years, but it's Austin Deculus is like that. I feel like he's been there for like 10 years. I want you to think about how crazy this would have been 15 years ago and how seemingly passe it is now. Imagine the year is 2005 or 2006 and the projected starting left tackle of a team that's expected to contend just up and says, I'm leaving. I'm going to go somewhere else and play. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to be immediately eligible. That would have turned the that would have dominated the news cycle for a week if it was the right player. And so LSU's a big program. Dare Rosenthal's a big player. I, there's some guidance out there. Some folks think he lands at Kentucky. I don't have an educated opinion on it. I'm just telling you, think about how different our world of college football is now. You can say for the better or for the worse. You just got starting position players, starting left tackles, just up and saying, I'm going to go wherever I want to. And people look at it and say, oh, that kid from LSU is transferring. Whereas back in the day, it would have been like if a five-alarm fire gets called in, three different stations, three different ladder trucks start to report. So that's how different things are today in the uh, college football landscape. But the date moves next year. 
to remember if you haven't caught this announcement, it was all the way into the midsummer months right now, July, because of COVID and because of the way the calendar was turned upside down. Remember, I think it's May. I think it's right after spring ball next year is when this date gets moved up. And the date I'm referring to is you got to transfer or at least enter your name into the portal before this date if you want immediate eligibility this year. So it won't go quite as deep into the summer as it just did, but I still maintain the biggest new kind of unicorn territory in college football and the biggest unknown, I guess is a better way to put it. It's a unicorn for us because we can get numbers of content this time of year, but the post-spring, that's the no man's land. That's the one that scares all the coaches because that's the time of year where recruiting's done, spring practice is done, and guys have that period of time where they can just chuck up the deuces and say, I'm leaving. And you say, what are we going to do? And they have the power to say, not my problem. It's tough. It can be very tough. So uh, Buffalo got hit the hardest this year, but that was directly in relation to their coach leaving, and we don't talk a whole lot of Buffalo on the show. Go Bulls and all. But outside of that, uh, it's going to be a learning process, has been for a lot of coaching staffs. Uh, We're done. I'm done with the show. And so we're not going to have a show Sunday night because I'm going to be home, and home means Georgia. And so I will be back here next week. We'll start the regular podcast rotation again. We will be back Thursday, but we're just going to take as long a break as we ever have, uh, like four, I think four days. So thank you so much, though, because we have bought ourselves the opportunity to be in position to do some really, really big things this fall. We're getting attention that, quite frankly, I didn't think we would get this early in the process. I threw out a little line into the water the other day about potentially finding the right advertising partner for the show. Now, again, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but whatever. If you haven't tuned out already, it means you're diehard. And management has long since turned the show off because it's a holiday weekend, so they're already on the road somewhere. So let me tell you what happened. Some big companies jumped in the DMs. And so I, at this point, think you and I need to have a frank conversation about which brands we would be okay with on this show. Are we in that territory? Not yet. But could we soon be in the territory where you and I are talking amongst ourselves about whose money we want to take? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. It's fun, though. So again, there have been no decisions. So if you are, let's say, a regional brand or a national brand, or I don't care if you own a gas station somewhere, if you got the money to drop, hit me up, joshpate706 at gmail.com. Now, I'm not facilitating this, CBS would, but I can guarantee you if I hand you off as a hot lead, you guys can close the deal. I'm interested in that. We don't have to do it. Our paycheck looks the same either way, but I'd be interested in finding the right partner out there that wants to associate their brand with our brand. Because this, which, which shoulder is it? This brand here, yeah, yeah, that, that one over there. That brand has a lot of eyeballs on it, and they are concentrated in very, very specific demographics that I know a lot of you are trying to hit. So as you're flying towards these NIL deals, picture us too. We're in the market too. All right, we're out of here. Uh, We got a long road trip ahead of us tonight. So for Director Colin, for our entire crew in Fort Lauderdale, I'm Josh Pate signing off. Have a great Independence Day weekend. Stay safe, especially those of you with the fireworks, and God bless. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.